praise the Lord. So, uh, uh, let's go to the, uh, uh, we're going to go to the book of Colossians here. And I want to go to Colossians chapter uh, chapter 1. And let's scroll down here and see this right here. Let me turn some lights here for us so we'll keep this little bit. Oh, is that better like that or like this? Is that okay? Okay, we'll do it like this. That's fine. I certainly do. Oh, uh, our redemption. So let's go down here in Colossians chapter 1 here. And um, let's start here at uh, verse 12. He says, And always thankful to the Father, who has made us fit to share uh, in the wonderful things that belong to those who live in the kingdom of life. Now, already I have red flags. I mean, who live in the kingdom of life? I'm thinking that's heaven, you know. Well, no, it's not. When we get to heaven, can you see that he says he's made us fit to share all the wonderful things that belong to us who live in the kingdom of life? Uh, he, he didn't say when we live in the kingdom of life. He said right now. Let me go back to uh, the uh, the King James just a moment. Maybe more familiar with uh, this this uh Oh, the way it says it here, giving thanks to the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. Well, that kind of loses us on that, you know. Oh, he made us meet, that's just made us able. The Living Bible says he made us fit, which is good. But we can pick up on this. We know it's got something to do with inheritance. And then sometimes we throw out thinking we're saints, and uh, that's wrong. You are a saint. So uh, you don't have to die to become a saint. Um, this is us right now. Let me go back to the Living Bible here. So, uh, always thankful to the Father who has made us fit to share all the wonderful things that belong to those who live in the kingdom of life, period. Now, next verse. He's going to reiterate or, or help us realize some of the things that belong to us in this inheritance. That belong to us. He has rescued us. If I say rescued. Tell me what rescue is. The lights turn on on certain cars. We go, that's a rescue car. They're going to, well, they're not there to just go stare. They're there to try to save lives. He said he's rescued us out of the darkness and gloom of Satan's kingdom and brought us in the kingdom of his dear son. Wow. He's rescued us out of darkness and gloom of Satan's kingdom and brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. Who, for, who bought our freedom with his blood and forgave all our sins. Oh, uh, you know, you're going to have to keep including this in your thought life because the first thing we always think of is I'm not good enough to receive whatever it is that God has for me. We were just singing a little while ago uh, the old rugged cross, the very last line of that chorus is and exchange it one day for a crown. Well, yeah, you are too. <laughs> But it's all right. It's going to be like a basketball game. The book of Revelation says you're going to cast your crown at the feet of Jesus. Well, he's still going to scoop that thing back to you. He loves you. You've got to quit thinking that Jesus, you know, it's all about him. He wants to stand there and watch you worship him. and it's just, He's not. We owe praise to him. Everything that has breath, praise the Lord. But he loves you. You are his creation. He loves you so much he created you and I in his own image and caused us to have the right to become the children of God, not just some sort of created beings. Now, let's go back to this. He's rescued us out of darkness and gloom of Satan's kingdom and brought us in the kingdom of his dear son. Uh, let's go to the book of John just a moment here. Jesus used these same words, and he was using them in a prayer. 
and I want us to pick up on this right here. Let me switch back to the uh, to the King James just a moment. Oh, uh, we'll catch a couple. Look at these. Uh, like right here, says, "O Father, glorify me with the with uh, thine own self, with the glory which I have of thee." Before, look at the phrase, "the world was." Okay, so something about the prior to the world. Now look at verse six here. This is interesting. The mouth of work here. Oh, here we go. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me. Look at that phrase. Out of the world. Didn't he mean in the world? No. Out of the world. I'm saying when Jesus is in your life, your life is completely changed. You are in the world, but not what? Of it. That phrase comes out of this chapter right here. We're going to see it, but I want you to see it. Those that you gave me out of the world, thine they were, and thou gavest them me, they have kept thy word. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let's scroll down there a little further. Look at verse 11. And now I am no more in the world. Now, boy, we caught him in a lie right there. He was in the world when he said it. Well, it's just the way we're looking at it. He wasn't lying either. Not a lie. He said, I'm no more in the world. But these are in the world. And I come to be holy Father. Keep through thine own name those whom you give me, who you give me, that they are one. Let's see this. They may be one, even as we are. While I was with them in the world, see, he's fixing to leave. I kept them in thy name. Now, you know, I wonder what kept means. Now, you know, I remember I told you this a thousand times. But as you can see in verse 12, kept means it's protection because he says none of them is lost but the son of perdition. And he wasn't talking about, you know, uh, you know, some sort of spiritual uh area there because we realized that Judas went out and hung himself. I mean this is this God doesn't if he says his angels are under command to keep your feet from bumping into anything, he doesn't want your knuckles bruised, he doesn't want things hurting you. We we've just got to get a hold of Jesus wants us safe. He does. It's like a parent. I mean I I've been I've been at football games and you can tell who the parents are up there. They come out of their seats when their boys laying flat on that field. I watched one mom at Griffin High School. She went over that fence and she beat the uh, the rescue people out there. Man, you know, God's the same way. He didn't want us to get hurt. Sometimes we, we start believing that you know it must be God's will or something. No, look at this. Uh, let me let me switch here to the uh, to the Living Bible this moment. Look at verse twelve. Uh, During my time here, I have kept faith. Doesn't he mean going to heaven? No, he doesn't. We have to get real with the Bible. Jesus protected his disciples. Not only did he protect the disciples, he protected the whole multitude. Multitudes came to him one time and he said, I have compassion on the multitude. If I send them away fasting, they will faint in the way. No, Jesus, you just want to prove you're the Christ and you just want to have you want to feed everybody. We know what you're all about. No. Book of Matthew says he had compassion on them. And the disciples were like, Well, you want us to go buy food for all these people? Where are we gonna get all this? And Jesus said, how much food have you got? And they said, we got two loaves, you know, and five fishes. Or whatever, two fishes and five loaves, whatever it was. And uh, you know what happened? He fed them all. <laughs> and then he told the disciples to get in the boat while he talked to everybody a little bit. He sent the crowds away. I tell you, Jesus is not going to send us away empty-handed ever. And he didn't just do that once. He said the 5,000, then he said the 4,000. Okay, anyway, during my time here, I have kept safe within your family, all those whom you gave me. I guarded them so not one of their parents, except the son of hell, 
as the scripture foretold. Now, this is what I like to make mention of here. The only chance you and I have of ever falling or stumbling or getting hurt, it has to be recorded in the scriptures that Bob's going down. Richard's going down. Well, it ain't in there. There was only one. It was the son of perdition, the son of hell, says right here. Woo! Jesus even said it'd be better for that guy if he wasn't even born. <coughs> but sometimes we can associate ourselves and think, well, you know, my life is so bad. <coughs> and we got a whole Bible here with multiple places on end saying that he'll keep us safe. Now he says, I'm coming to you. I have told them many things while I was with them so that they would be filled with my joy. Now, Notice the phrase he's saying, you know, while I was with him. He's going somewhere else, but we're still going to be here. Now, let me switch back to the King James at the moment. Get down here to the <clears throat> punchline I want to get to. Ah, uh, King James. All right. Um, it's interesting here. He says, uh, uh, these things that I've spoken, I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in them. Now, he just said that on the heels of tragedy. Remember, he said, in the world, you shall have tribulation. Just one chapter ahead of that. But he said, be of good cheer. I mean, Jesus, you are so schizophrenic. I can't get that. Do you not understand? I have, let me just tell you about my problem, Jesus. I have this and this. You know, he's going to say, did you not read about uh, Martha one time? And I said, well, that, that did ring a bell. She was cooking. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, she came out and she was mad because you wouldn't send uh, Mary back in there to help me cook. That was what that story was about. And Jesus said, no, that's not what that story was about. That story was about Mary came and sat down and listened to me teach. And I told you, or I told Martha, but you need to mention, you need to consider it's you. That I said, Martha, Martha, thou art worried about many things, and only one thing is needful. Mary's chosen that good part, and it'll not be taken away from her. So it's okay to slow down and read your Bible when things are going wrong. It's okay to slow down when it looks like you should be doing something else. That's what Jesus is. And if you do that, he says he'll take care of everybody. So he says in verse 14, I have given them thy word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as... I mean, Jesus, Richard, you need to get this. There's some sort of disconnect between me and Jesus. Jesus is one type of person, but I am another. Not anymore. That's what our redemption is. It's the reason you find the phrase, in him, and for whom, and all this all through the New Testament. He says here, uh, even as I am not of the world. Well, if I'm not of the world, I'm immune. And we're catching on. You are immune. Let's keep reading here. Oh. Well, let's go down here. I was ready and I wasn't. I can't take it. Hold on. Let me select it over here. Okay. Uh, I'm no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to the Holy Father to keep. Okay, I mean, protect. We got that. Verse 14. Uh, I have given them thy word. No mouse is second to kiss yet. There we go. Now, look at this phrase. This is interesting. Verse 15. I pray not that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the east. You know, trouble is a good part. They help my that's what America says. That's what tradition says. But that's not what the Bible says. You know, God, if he needs to tell you something, he'll just tell you. He's not playing a guessing game with us. And we're kind of, Laura, I know you're mad at me because my car wouldn't start this morning. And I, I'm running low on money. And, uh, and I, I'm feeling a little sick at my stomach. So I know you're mad at me. God doesn't deal with us that way. 
Uh, let's switch over here to uh, to the uh, Living Bible again. And look at verse 15. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from Satan's power. Look at 16. They are not a part of this world anymore than I am. But we seem to identify with it. We seem to think that, well, you know, I'm just stuck down here. One day it'll be worth it all. No. We're free. I'm telling you, let's go to, uh, let me show you another spot here in the book of Acts. Uh, and let's see. I believe it's 26. Let me look real quick. Uh-oh. Well, I know it's 26. Okay, let's go down here. I'll see. Oh. Okay, 26 and uh, number 17. Yeah. Um, Paul is re- he's, he's talking to King Agrippa and he's telling his story when he met Jesus. And Jesus replied and said, I am Jesus whom you persecuted. Okay. But arise, stand on your feet, for I have appeared to thee for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness both of the things which thou hast seen and of those things in which I will appear unto thee. Now look at verse 17. He says, delivering thee from the people. What's that mean? He kept Paul alive. Paul was stoned one time, left for dead, but the disciples got around him and up he came. They tried to kill him in one town, and he just was let down uh, in a basket out a window. Other places they tried. When he went back to Jerusalem, there was a whole coup that was uh, planned to try to attack Paul. But his nephew, remember that that night? His nephew told the guard and said, Hey, my uncle's in there, and, and I was going to let you know some of your guards are going to get killed in the morning because the Jews are going to kill not only your, your guards, but they're going to kill Paul at the same time. So that guard sent word to, to get Paul out of that prison. They snuck him out by night with 200 horsemen. Well, you'd probably feel pretty good if you knew you had 200 guardsmen around you. Well, you do, hallelujah. He says to open their eyes and turn them from darkness and from the power of Satan unto God, that they might receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among all them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. One thing I like about, uh, I was reading, uh, uh, E.W. Kenyon mentioned it, and, and it, it bears it out right here. My inheritance is exactly the same as yours. I mean, we get this idea that, that Aaron's got a little bit better redemption than I have. We all have the same redemption. It's just a matter of, am I thinking about it right now? Am I trusting the Lord right now? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. What am I doing with that right now? Jesus really does want to help me. He knows you have trouble. It's amazing. Our minds just want to tell us that uh, God's not interested in us because I'm not interested in Africa right now. Or I'm not interested in the poor people around right now. Look, yes, you are. You, you know, you can extend your hand of love at any time. Just like when Jesus was right before he goes to the cross, he was at Simon the leper's house. And I think that's funny because his whole staff was in there where a leper was. Oh, no. Jesus didn't care. Simon had to be healed anyway. He healed everybody. Why would he not heal Simon the leper? 
But anyway, a woman comes in there with an alabaster uh, vial of ointment, and she broke it over uh, Jesus' head. And they, some of them got upset. I know one of them was Judas. Why, wow, this should have been sold and whatever. And Jesus said, the poor you have with you always. You can do something for them always. Well, you've got right now to extend your hand and, and help somebody and do some things. But you can just sit there and beat yourself up and say, I'm not as good as I'm supposed to be. Therefore, I do not have this kind of redemption. Yes, you do. This redemption belongs to you. To open their eyes to their true condition so that they may repent and live in the light of God instead of Satan's darkness. So that they may receive forgiveness for their sins and God's inheritance. Receive what? Sometimes we think it's only forgiveness. But it says, and God's inheritance along with all people everywhere whose sins are clean, are cleansed and are set apart by faith in me. And so he goes on and says, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven. I preached first to Damascus, and he went on and on and on. And uh, uh, remember what King Agrippa says? King Agrippa says, Thou almost persuadest me to become a Christian. You know. Why? All these miracles that were taking place. I mean, God's going to keep you safe. He really is. Uh, let's go back here to uh, the, uh, uh, excuse me, get back to the book of Colossians just a moment. Oh, this time I'm going to, I'm going to go to chapter 2 here. And uh, look down here starting at verse 8. Don't let others spoil you, spoil your faith and joy with their philosophy. They're wrong and shallow answers built on men's thoughts and ideas instead of on what Christ has said. For in Christ is all God in human body. You have everything when you have Christ. No kidding. You are filled with God through your union with Christ. He is the highest ruler with authority over every, excuse me, over every other power. And sometimes we hear, oh yeah, he's sovereign. And so he's so sovereign, he's directing problems toward me. Oh, you just fell out of the boat when you started thinking that. That's not true. That's not true. Look at verse 11. When you came to Christ, he, uh, he set you free from your evil desires, not by a bodily operation of circumcision, but by a spiritual operation, the baptism of your souls. In other words, when you gave your life to God, you know, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Verse 12. For in baptism, you see, your old evil nature died with him or was buried with him. Notice the with him and with him. And then you came up out of death with him into new life because he trusted the word of God. Now, I don't remember any of this. That's because it was in Christ. Christ didn't die for himself. He died for me. When I think of the cross, I'm linked up with him. It was not a show that I'm supposed to feel sorry for. It's to recognize, praise God, I have a way to heaven now. And not only do I have a way to heaven, I mean, I, I just have to share this with you. Uh, I want to cover my bag. But anyway, look at uh, the book of... Uh, where are you at? There you are, Isaiah. And um, I'm just, uh, let's do this in the, uh, in the King James and come right back. It's interesting. Who hath believed our report? The whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? He shall grow up uh, as a plant out of dry ground. He has no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as if it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Oh, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. 
He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we're healed. Let me go back here to the Living Bible. Let's see some interesting changes here. Oh, notice here. We despised him and rejected him, a man of sorrows and acquainted with uh, bitterest grief. We turned our backs from him and he and looked the other way when he went by. He was despised and we didn't care. Yet it was our grief he bore, our sorrows weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God for his own sins. But he was wounded for our, and bruised for our sins. He was beaten that we might have peace. He was lashed and we were healed. Oh, look at the phrase here. He says he was wounded and bruised for our sins. He was, uh, um, excuse me, right here. Oh, oh. Let's go back to King James just a moment. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. If you go to the book of Matthew here, you'll find out that these words griefs and sorrows, Jesus translated as uh, oh, uh, 8, 17, here we go. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. See, no wonder he says in Isaiah, by his stripes we're healed. There was an exchange that took place for you and I when Jesus died. But much of the time, we, we just gloss right over it and have no concept in our mind that these things are really real. But they are. So Paul writes here, he says, don't let anybody spoil you. He says, you're complete in him who's the head of all principality and power. I'm going to go back over here to the Living Bible. Oh. Don't let others spoil your faith and joy with their philosophies and their wrong, shallow ideas. Okay, we were buried with Christ. You were dead in sins and your sinful desires were uh, not yet cut off. Then he gave uh, you a share of the very life of Christ and he forgave all your sins. Verse 14, and blotted out the charges proved against you, uh, the list of commandments which you had not obeyed. He took this list of sins, destroying it by nailing it to the cross. In this way, God took away Satan's power to accuse you of sin, and God openly displayed to the whole world Christ's triumph at the cross where your sins were taken away. See, what's interesting is to let yourself be defeated today is to say in your own life that even though Satan was defeated, he's still holding a chain on you. And so the defeated one is your master. And it's ridiculous. You've got a high priest that says, I have set you free. But we can just sit there and say, well, I don't know. And watch, watch where this goes. So don't let anyone criticize you, what you eat, or for not celebrating a Jewish holiday or feast or new moon or uh, ceremonies or Sabbath. You can begin to think, well, nobody's telling me that, but you'll come up with your own little ideas. Well, I'm not doing this for Jesus. I'm not doing that. And, and i got to jump through some hoops. No, you don't. Look at 17. So these are only temporary, uh, temporary, uh, let me scroll up. Yeah, these are only temporary rules that ended when Christ came. They were uh, only shallow of the real thing, Christ himself. Don't let anyone dare, don't let anyone declare you lost when you refuse to worship angels, as they say you must. And they see the vision, they say you know you should. These proud men, though they claim to be so humble, have a very clever imagination, but they're not connected to Christ. Oh. 
the head to which all of us, uh, all of us who are his body are joined. So we're joined together with strong sinews and grow only as we get our nourishment and strength from him. Since you died, now, when did I die? See, when Christ died, you died. And if the Bible says he was raised from the dead, then we were raised with him. Anyway, as it were with Christ, this has set you free from following the world's ideas of how to be saved by doing good and obeying various rules. Why do you keep right on following them, still bound by such rules as not eating, tasting, even touching certain foods? Such rules are mere human teaching. For food was made to be eaten and used up. These rules seem good, for the rules of this kind require a strong devotion and are humiliating and hard on the body. But they have no effect when it comes to conquering a person's evil thoughts and desires. They only make him proud. In other words, you'll still think, you know, I can get my prayers answered if I do certain things. That'll never happen. That'll never happen. Your prayers are answered because of, let's go right to the point here. Your prayers are answered because of, uh, uh, this high priest talking about Jesus understands our weaknesses since he has the same temptations we do, though he never once gave way to them. So let us come boldly to the throne of grace and stay there and receive his mercy and find grace to help, look at this, in our times of need. I have no earning of anything like that. And you see, this is how we help the world. It's like Jesus, in Matthew chapter 10, he called his 12, later he called the 70, and he sent out two by twos, and he said, oh, by the way, don't take anything with you. Don't take the purse. What? I can take my wallet. Don't don't take your wallet. I'll let you take a stick if you want to. A stick. <laughs> I'm sure James and John were like, we're fixing to learn something. I don't know what it is. We're going to learn something. So James and John head out with just a stick. Maybe they didn't pair up. Maybe it was him and Andrew, but whoever. But they came back later, and they didn't lack for anything. Jesus said the workman's worthy of his hire. He sent them out two by two, and God took care of them. He'll take care of you now. Oh, there's no hoops here to jump through whatsoever. Look at chapter 2 just a moment. See, if words mean anything, then Jesus actually did this for us. Look down here at, uh, let me get to it here. Look at verse 14. Uh, let me get this in the King James just a moment. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he himself likewise took part of the same. The phrase took part of the same. He, he had to become like us so that we could become like him. He exchanged. He also himself likewise took part of the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. Now I won't know why. Was it for him? No, it's for us. Look at the next verse. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to to bondage. Living Bible, since we, God's children, are human beings made of flesh and blood, he became flesh and blood too by being born in a human form. For only as a human could uh, be, could he die and in dying break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Now, did he die? Oh, I got record in my head he did die. Well, if he did die, he broke the power of the devil. But we still walk out of here and say, Man, I watched that movie last night on Hollywood. just scares me, you know. Don't let it scare you. The devil has no power over you. God's not saying, sick him, devil. No, he gave the angels charge over me to keep me safe. Look at verse 15. Only in that way could he deliver those who through fear of death have been living all their lives as slaves to constant dread. 
Well, not anymore. Praise the Lord. We're free. We're free. Jesus has completely set us free. Look over here at the 13th chapter. Uh, no, no, 12. Excuse me, 12. Talking about us here. Look at this. Oh, uh, <clears throat> well, excuse me. Am I still in Yeah, Okay. One thing. Okay, verse 18. He says, You have not had to stand face to face with terror, flaming fire, gloom, darkness, and a terrible storm as the Israelites did at Mount Sinai when God gave them his laws. Remember, God gave them the laws, Moses comes down, and he breaks them because people had already broken the Ten Commandments. Primarily, they made this golden calf, and they were worshiping it, didn't have any clothes on. I mean, it was ridiculous. They thought Moses had died and whatever. But anyway, the voice that they heard was awesome. It scared everybody real bad. He says, so there was an awesome trumpet blast and a voice with a message so terrible terrible that the people begged God to quit speaking. Uh, they staggered back under God's um, command. Now I'm going somewhere. Watch this. Let me scroll down. My mouse will work here. Hello. There we go. Oh, yeah. Uh, they staggered back under God's command, but even an animal touched the mountain, it must die. Moses himself was so frightened at the sight, he, took, he shook with tears. Now look at here, verse 22. This is us today. But you have come right up into Mount Zion, the city of the living God. Now, of course, I know better because I'm not. Well, Richard, what are you saying that for? The Bible says I am. If the Bible says I am, I must be. I just need to do a little research and start believing See, Jesus said, <clears throat> you're in the world, but you're not of it. He said, keep them from the evil. Okay. You are come right up unto Mount Zion to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to the gathering of, remember what Jesus was saying? I've spoken these things to them that my joy might be with them. He says, a gathering of countless Happy angels. Now, can you close your eyes just for a minute and see the angels of God watching over you and they're scared and they're afraid and they're depressed? Uh, no. Sometimes we think they're sent to help us and they're all so somber. Why is it saying here that they're happy? Well, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of things to be happy about. <clears throat> Those of us in the kingdom of God and all the things that God provided for us, Look at this. And to the church composed of all those registered in heaven, and to the God who is judge of all, and the spirits of the redeemed in heaven already made perfect. Talk about you and I. And to Jesus himself who has brought us his wonderful new agreement. Wonder what that is. It's that Bible we're talking about. Your Bible is a new agreement. And the sprinkling of blood, which graciously forgives us instead of crying out for vengeance as the blood of Abel did. <clears throat> and he just goes on and says, see to it that you obey him. And he's talking about, don't turn you back. It's not, well, I made a mistake. We always have provision if we ever make a mistake. Let me look at one last place here. First John chapter 5. I mean, it just could not be any more simple. Let's see if we can make it difficult here. Let's see if we can figure out how to make those angels around us unhappy because well, I'm just rich, you know. And, and it can't be that simple that God would just keep me safe. 
It can't be that simple that if I had trouble, I could just ask him for his help or whatever. It can't be that simple that when he died, I died with him and I rose with him. It just, I just still feel like there's something else that i got to do. If you believe that Jesus is the Christ, he is God's Son and your Savior, then you are a child of God. Well, this can't be the Bible. It is the Bible. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That if thou shalt confess to thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart, God raised from the dead, you'll be saved. Let's go to another, that was Romans 10, 9 and 10 and verse 13. Let's go to Mark chapter 16, going to all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Oh, also he has to repent from his sins and make sure he never makes him saved. No, we added that. That's not true. He said, go preach the good news. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He says, he that believeth not shall be damned. The thief on the cross, he didn't have a chance to prove he could live this kind of life. He got an easy one, didn't he? It's always easy. You believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he's God's Son and your Savior, that you're a child of God. And all who love the Father love his children too. So you can find out how much uh, you love God's children and your brothers and sisters and how much uh, you love, uh, excuse me, by how much you love and obey God. Loving God means doing what he tells us to, and really, it isn't hard at all. For every child can obey him, defeating sin and evil pleasure by trusting Christ to help us. Now that's the only way you're going to do it, by trusting Christ. It ain't going to be because you just roll up your sleeves and do it. Anyway, uh, let's see. Verse 4. For every child, excuse me, look at verse 5. But who can possibly fight and win this battle except by believing that Jesus Christ is truly the Son of God? Let me just see the King James just a moment. Oh. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So you see the Living Bible is talking about if you want to overcome sin in your life, you're not going to just go, I'm, I'm going to go to... Uh, uh, the 12-step method or whatever. I'm really going to impress Jesus. The only way you're ever going to overcome is by trusting God. You know, we have to figure out that God is so mad at us. And he won't answer our prayers because I'm not dealing with sin right in my life. I can't deal with sin anyway. i got to just trust Christ. Christ is the only one that can rescue me. I have to consider that when he died, I died. That's all there is to it. And when he died, I died. It takes care of all these things. Notice again, verse 4, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. He, this is the victory that overcomes the world, just our faith. Verse 5, who is he that overcomes the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. I mean, this could not be any more easy. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We know that you bore our sicknesses, carried away our diseases. I just think you make us all well right now. There's not anything we can do to make it other than our faith. We just trust you. Same thing's true financially. You're not holding anything back. He told the story about Peter and uh, the, 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 uh, take the coin out of the fish's mouth. What do you think Peter did to just obey you and just say, hey, I trust you? Because Jesus said even the children are free. Yeah, so we're free. You'll provide for us. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, if there's any trouble out there, no matter what it is, just as David said, the Lord delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, and he'll deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And David wrote down later in Psalm 18, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continue to be in my mouth. I will praise the Lord, and he'll deliver me out of the hand of my enemy. And we just give you thanks for it. You're going to get us free. So Lord, I didn't leave anything left but for us to go tell others about this wonderful, great news that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. Nobody's going to get to heaven other than by Jesus. And we'll go tell them, Lord, that by telling others the wonderful things Christ has done for us. Praise the Lord. Today be full of miracles, Lord. 
I thank you. We're in the world, but we're not of it. You were sent to keep us safe from Satan's power. We got boldness today going out there today. We're not worried about car wrecks. We're not worried about financial troubles. We're not worried about anything. We are unique. We show forth the praises of you, like you said in First Peter chapter 1. We just give you thanks for it. For Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, everybody have a great rest of the day.